0: For Lent this year we're doing a series of famous Bible monologues and our hope is to explore famous characters from the Bible to get into their heads and see how their walk of faith helps inform and inspire our own walks today. So we'll be imagining, if they could speak to us today, what they might say. Last week our monologue was from the perspective of Moses. God's people were about to enter into the Promised Land, but not Moses. Moses. Moses was about to die. And he wanted to give his people, his friends, one last blessing, a last warning before he did. So he warned them, the promised land is only a blessing if we remember God. So stay faithful. And in a moment I will be speaking as Joshua, the leader of God's people after Moses. He led God's people into the promised land, but the promised land was already occupied. God led them into building this kingdom, driving out evil and establishing God's rule of safety and justice and truth. That's the book of Joshua. is just a series of battles fighting for the promised land. And this monologue is from the end. They've won. The promised land is theirs. And now they have a choice to make. They're safe. They have the good things. Will they still worship God? Or will they turn away? Here now a reading from the book of Joshua chapter 24. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and lent him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan and they fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whom, whose land you are living. But as for me and my households, we will serve the Lord. Friends, this is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, I'm going to be Joshua now. Hear now a monologue from the perspective of Joshua. No one wants to be the guy after THE guy. Being the coach at Alabama after Nick Saban. Six conference titles, five national championships. You can be awesome, but if you come after that guy... The best you'll get is, not bad, but he's not Nick. The guy after the guy. That's me, Joshua. Moses chose to leave Pharaoh's palaces, chose to leave behind his life of comfort, to lead God's people out of Egypt. He single-handedly fought Pharaoh's army. He saw God's face. He gave us the law. He was wise and courageous. God did literal miracles through Moses. Moses was God's number one guy. And I'm just Joshua. It was kind of freeing in a way. I knew I could never be better than Moses, so I was free to be me. And whenever people would compare us, well, you know, Moses always did things this way. Well, Moses always said... You know, when Moses was around, and I'd look at them and say, "Uh Uh-huh. As for me, this is how I do things. God let Moses lead us to the promised land, but no further. I think maybe, I think part of it was so we wouldn't get confused. So we wouldn't forget that Moses was only as special as the ways God worked through him. He was only as wise as the wisdom God gave him. He was only as strong as the strength God gave him. When Moses died, people were scared. You have to understand, we were at the border of the promised land, but there were people already living in it, and not just people, not nice people, a legitimately evil people. They made human sacrifices to their gods. And not just humans, they sacrificed their children to their gods. Is there anything more horrible in the world than sacrificing your children so you can be blessed? And God's people, they looked at these evil people living in the land God was giving them with the blood-stained streets, and they looked at me, just Joshua, not Moses, and they thought, we don't stand a chance. But I led them across the river and we fought. And God fought with us and we overcame armies. This bunch of desert wanderers and slaves, we conquered cities. And when we came to Jericho and its massive walls, God had us celebrate before the city was even beaten. Marching around the city and blowing our horns and singing songs of parade. And they laughed at us from the walls. But I said, as for me, I'm going to do what God says. If he says march, then someone grab my horn. And Jericho wasn't laughing for very long. And everywhere we went, every city we conquered, God had us destroy the evil of this people. We burned their temples to the ground. We tore them down until there weren't two bricks stacked on top of each other. This land God was giving us, this kingdom we were building, we were supposed to purify it. We were supposed to change it. We were building heaven on earth. We don't sacrifice each other so gods will bless us. Here, we protect each other. We honor each other. Here, we take care of each other. We make sure everyone has food to eat, a roof over their head. We stand up for justice. It's who God made us to be. To defeat evil, to drive it out, and in its place to build heaven on earth. But as we conquered this land, we got new neighbors. And the men and the women who lived here before, we started learning about how they do things. And they'd lean over to us on the street and say, My, it sure is inconvenient that your God doesn't let you do business dishonestly. I just swindled my neighbor out of three cows and that paid for the addition on my house. My God didn't care a bit. Or... So your God only answers when he wants? How horrible. We buy our gods with blood. It works every time. Or, it's sweet that you guys take care of each other, but do your neighbors really deserve your help? Be honest. Aren't you a little naive, thinking you can make the world a better place, that you can build heaven on earth? Imagine how much more you could have for yourself if you just kept it all. For 40 years, we had walked in the desert and we were free from temptation. The only way was God's way, but suddenly, suddenly we had a choice. Suddenly we have this land filled with blessings. It's ours. We're in charge. And we look around and we're safe. No enemy armies knocking on the door. In the desert, we needed God to bring water out of rocks, to provide bread each morning to eat. We needed the miracle or we would die, but here we've got We've got food, we've got water, we're safe. Do we really need God anymore? If commandments are pretty hard sometimes. They don't always make sense. The other way is pretty appealing. Being able to take what we want, not having to wait for God to answer. It certainly is more convenient. And there's that voice in the back of your head whispering, It'll be fine. If you find you need God, you can always just go back. If you need a miracle, just run back and God will be there waiting for you. But until then, the other way is certainly more convenient. It's why God called me to lead the people into the promised land. He knew the temptation we would face. People would be saying, well, everyone here does it this way. No one will blame, it, blame you if you do it just this once. Don't you deserve better for you? How could your God possibly care? I'd already been there. I'd already had to decide for myself what is God calling me to do? Who is God calling me to be? Am I going to follow God or am I going to follow the people and what they expect? I don't know about you, but as for me, I choose To follow God. Do you remember how God's people started? A bunch of ignorant, backward farmers in the desert. Farmers in the desert. Not exactly the cream of the crop, they were farming in the desert. God chose them, chose Abraham and his children, and then started blessing them and teaching them. And when their families broke, He mended them. And when people died, He comforted hearts. He made them a future in the desert. And some people think, well, we're not in the desert anymore, so we don't really need the blessings from God. But I think they're seeing it wrong. Because here's what I want to know. If God can bring water out of rocks, if God can create bread out of thin air, if God can conquer trained armies with a bunch of hungry farmers, don't you want to see what He can do with a land that's already blessed? If He can take shattered families and make them whole, families where brothers kill brothers, don't you want to see what He can do with your family? If He can take a bunch of backward desert farmers and through them create this religion that literally changed the course of history, don't you want to see what He can do through your gifts and your talents? As for me, I want to see. It's a choice, a fork in the road, and there is no middle way. And if we try to walk the path of the world staying just close enough to God that we can run to Him when we need Him, It's not just that we're betraying the God that loves us. It's not just that we're neglecting the God who died for us. It's that God is trying to build heaven on earth. And we're settling for earth. But as for me, I want to see... I want to see what God can do. I'm willing to make the bet. I'm willing to put it on the line. In the past, in the desert, when everyone you knew was a Christian, when the culture was Christian, it wasn't the same. People assumed you would follow the commands. Your neighbors expected you to be a good person. But the world has changed. Now the church isn't living in the desert. It's living in the promised land. Surrounded by blessings. And people are forgetting why God matters. People think they can receive the blessings without God and everything will be fine. So now people are trying to make their faith as small as possible. How small of a corner? How small of a piece? What is the minimum of the time and the money and the effort and the thought that I can give to God? And it becomes so common, so natural, that we do it without thinking, don't we? without noticing that the conversation among God's people has changed from what does God deserve to what can I get away with? And we forget that the God we're avoiding is the God that saves. By avoiding God, we're avoiding His Spirit. We're avoiding His peace, His healing, His courage, His kingdom. It's like asking how little can I get away with breathing? It's like asking, what is the least depth I can find in life? People will choose that way. It certainly is more convenient. As for me, as for us, We will choose the Lord. We will choose the Lord because if God built a wealthy kingdom out of desert farmers, if God used uneducated peasants to write the Bible, if God used Jesus Christ, one man, to defeat sin and death, then I want to see. I want to see what He can do through me. I want to see what He can do through us. Through His people, blessed with resources, blessed with gifts, with talents, with families. If God can build heaven on earth, I want to see... I want to see not one day, not one day when I die, I want to see it now. We stand at a crossroad, a decision. In the promised land surrounded by blessings, do we really still need God? Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for the testimony of Joshua. For his commitment to being faithful to you, even in the face of blessings, he was not distracted. He remembered that above all, you are the greatest blessing, the one who holds all good things together. Might his story, might his courage, might his faithfulness convict us in this time and place. That we might remain a people who faithfully testify to your presence, to the power of your kingdom and to the power of your spirit. That we might by our very lives embody the beauty of the heaven you are building on earth. Lord, we pray this in the power of your Son's name. Amen.